What's going on, guys? Karen Headley here with Kaylin Goosen. Goosen? Goosen. Guzlin, yeah. Guz, Guzlin. Oh my gosh, I missed yeah. the L. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm ser- seriously non-observant in that sense. Uh, very oblivious. Anyway, funny story, okay? I just want to tell this very quickly and then I'll get Kaylin to introduce, my, um, introduce herself is that we actually met through Instagram originally. Um, how did you find me originally? Because... Um, was it through I, Brian DeCosta, right? I came across, yeah, Brian DeCosta, you, he had like um, shared something about you because you guys had done a podcast together mm. and I was being nosy and I was like, who's this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah and cool. I just, like, just happened to follow you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and then um, and then I, no- I noticed her profile, and I actually followed her straight back because I actually noticed what she was doing with like the whole self love, um, and empowerment side of things, and I absolutely fell in love with the page and the message. So, um, I and I scrolled through uh, a few pa- a few posts, and instantly I saw Bali. I'm like, what? I've moved to Bali like a couple of days before this. What the heck's going on? Like, yeah. So, um, I basically said, you've got to go to this place. <laughs> I instantly became like <laughs> tour guide mode. Um, I'm like, oh, got to take you to this waterfall. Like, I'm in love. That I'm actually going to that waterfall tomorrow. I'm excited, but um, that, that's another story. Um, so, um, funny, funnily enough, we actually we lost contact, which is actually I'm actually impressed by that because you didn't actually access your um, your like social really that much at the start. I know, yeah, which is awesome. Like I reckon yeah. that's incredible because a lot of people still get lost in that um, that idea of right. being on social and then yeah, I'm not really mm-hmm. sort of falling into uh, the idea of ex- of the experience itself. Exactly. That's really cool. So we never actually yeah. got in contact when she was in Bali because of that, which is awesome. But funnily enough, I was outside of the supermarket straight after doing some group um, grocery shopping, buy some dark chocolate, which is necessary, and boom, I hear my name. I'm like, what the heck? Look over, there's Kaylin, lo- like looking out of the van um, with like with a van full of people. Yeah, with a van full of people. So, yeah, run over, get chatting, um, get introduced to um, a girl called Michaela. So three hours later, I, um, I was walking down the um, beach after I ate some gelato with some friends, and then I hear my name again. I'm like, what? Again? And there's Kaylin, who, I'm sorry, not Kaylin, Mick, who had just met. Um, so she invited me up, and we got um, I got talking with some of the people there, which is really cool. And um, yeah, they inv- invited me basically into the into the group with some of the events which that you guys did, which is honestly such okay. a amazing experience for me. Like it really yeah. was. It's beautiful. So thank you, like seriously, for yeah, like course. being so open in the first place, even. So it's really cool. And that's yeah, definitely. I love that. And um, yeah, so that's sort of like the long story, um, as condensed as possible. Um, yeah. My <laughs> weird mind that somehow goes on tangents. Um, <laughs> of how uh, yeah we met. So anyway, um, like I said, I originally fell in love with the Instagram already and on top of that I've met her in person and just how real she is and how much of an amazing vibe you give off. You give us such a beautiful energy that's so genuine and that's so rare. Like, not just in, in people. Nice compliment. It, it really is, though. But, like, it's, it's so rare, not just in people, but especially in the Instagram world, right? Especially in the social media world. So it's a really beautiful mm-hmm. thing to, uh, to sort of see, especially um, since she's been in the fitness scene as well. So that's something we'll dive into. But, uh, Kaylin, please introduce yourself. To, um, tell us, like, um, the kind of, like, who, who you are, basically, what you do, mm-hmm. um, and what you're working on now. Yeah, so my name's Kaylin. I I live in the United States. I live in Kentucky specifically. I'm 24 years old. Uh, like Kieran said, I met him totally by chance, just like law of attraction, just cut in, was like, hey, these two, these two people need to connect, and mm. we're going to make them connect on the other side of the world. So that was really cool how that happened. Uh, for me personally, I have... I graduated with my Bachelor of Science in Dietetics back in 2016, which is kind of what led me down my health path, like my fitness journey, if you will. Um, I was into competitive bodybuilding for a while. I did competitive weightlifting. And then after 
oh my gosh, after years of competing and then a small identity crisis, I kind of came into myself and fell into alignment with uh, this whole journey of like self-love and spirituality and energy healing and all this kind of very unconventional metaphysical stuff that I do now. And I help other women um, in their journeys as well, kind of discovering their truth and stepping into their power, utilizing the same tools and resources that I have found have worked for me personally. So that's a very, very, you know, that's a very condensed version mm, of, of Very condensed version. <laughs> we yeah. literally dived on a call two nights ago and that went on for about an hour and 15 minutes um, and she was just trying to sort of give me a gen- give me a general understanding of what we we're going to dive into so that I could sort of pick and choose a few things out of it um, and yeah that's yeah so she managed I, I'm very impressed <laughs> Thank you. I'm very oh, impressed yeah, yeah that was really good um, so before we dive into a little bit more about um, little Kaylin so I want to dive into little Kaylin and the story of her okay um, you, you're growing up um, I do want to mention that the stuff that she dives into in this podcast is going to be, like you said, very unconventional, something that, um, like something that's not very um, out there as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. But there's a lot of science behind it, which is what, what I want to dive into as well. And anything that's science-based, anything that's um, got some backing in some sense or even has worked for even an individual, there's some sort of, like, even if it's placebo effect, like you, you said on our call a couple of nights ago, it's still got an effect there. It's still got a purpose there. So there is a reason it, it is. It it is worth keeping your mind open to that stuff because it could work for you. So please keep right. it, keep an open mind during this. And if it's your first time hearing about some of this stuff, um, keep an open mind and just be open to the idea of it. And if it sounds like something you could uh, you could apply to you, apply yourself, or even just do some research on it yourself, please do that because I can guarantee that a lot of the stuff is going to be very applicable. Um, cool. So now, without further ado, please dive into young Kaylin. Oh my goodness. Yeah, okay, so I'm I'm glad that you threw in that disclaimer about just mm. keeping an open mind because like when we had our conversation the other night, that was the first thing I said to you as well. And I yeah. and I fully understand that a lot of the things that I'm gonna be talking about are things that may sound out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, just keeping an open mind and understanding that everybody's experiences and their needs are different. So if you can find, or even if you don't understand everything that I'm talking about as a whole, even if just like one or two things that I say resonate with you, like, please take that research it, you know, see, you know, see if that is a good fit for you. See if it is in alignment with, you know, your needs for your, whatever point you are in your life. So I'm glad that you kind of put that out there because I think that I, this is not like an all or nothing concept. Like, like yeah. I said, if you need to break it down and just take like bits of it, whatever mm. makes sense, then by all means do that. So, mm. um, okay. <sighs> Me. So like I said, I started my fitness journey um, back when I was in college and that was when I was getting my degree in dietetics. Um, can, can you actually backtrack? Actually, can you backtrack to like oh. actually young Kaylin, like young, like as in like primary, kindergarten, preschool, even then, like what kind of person were you? What kind of family did you have? Oh my gosh. Mm, okay, okay. I like to okay, go yeah, like yeah. real so, young first. We're going, okay, we're going to go real deep. Mm, All right. Perfect. So perfect. I, um, oh my gosh. I have, I have such an amazing family. So I've always had such a great family, um, family relations, family. I have a really good, a really strong tribe, um, okay. which is, which is honestly probably one of the things that I'm most grateful for. So growing up, I have always had a very close-knit family. I don't have a large family. I have a very, just, we got just four of us, just me, my mom, and dad, my brother. And I have a brother, he's five years younger than me, but that kid is my best friend. Like, oh my, he is, we're, I swear to God, we're like, uh, we're twins that were born five years apart. It's it's gross. But (laughs) we are very, very close. I love Um, that. 
And so, gosh, I honestly, growing up, I never really faced any type of adversity or anything like that. I'm so blessed to say that I never had, I didn't have a challenging childhood. I had a very, very normal childhood. I was a very normal kid growing up. Um, so even like kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, everything, um, I, I can't even like, I can't even, there's nothing even really to say, there was nothing like crazy that happened mm. during those years that kind of even um, put me where I am now. Mm. Really the, the events that actually molded me into the person that I am actually kind of came more towards high school. Oh. Um, and in high school was actually when I, I would say when I actually genuinely started my well, I don't even like to say that's when I started my health journey because it was not healthy. Um, I actually, uh, in high school, developed an eating disorder. Um, just uh, unknowingly so, I actually like to even, I actually don't even like to call it an eating disorder. I like to just call it disordered eating because it was so unintentional and it was really just due to lack of experience and knowledge mm. about di- you know diet in general. Mm. So um, would you starve yourself, then be like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry, I need to eat this? starve yourself yeah 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 it was just like this yeah i just it was a complete Mm. knowledge deficit issue Mm. and so it resulted in you know some anorexia i guess um and and even some i mean even binge eating just because i would just like i would restrict for so long and i i did lose a lot of weight but i also the, the reason behind me um actually trying to lose weight was not genuine either i was in a very abusive relationship for five years we didn't even get into this no we haven't this is, i actually kind of wanted yeah. to leave it unknown so this is good mm. yeah yeah so i was in a very um i was in a very emotionally um verbally and borderline physically abusive relationship for five years um and that went all through high school and into college and that is, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened to me during that point in time that I even still have to work through. I'm almost 25 now, and I'm still trying to, you know, undo or, you know, rewire this this conditioning that I was put through um, or that, you know, these emotions or these even these behaviors that I still have now that I can pinpoint as like conditioning from this relationship so that has been a huge part of my healing journey personally and emotionally emotionally I mean I mean we were talking like we'll get into later talking about like with the chakras and you know Mm. handling like unprocessed emotion a lot of that comes from like past trauma Mm. and me dealing with my PTSD from that situation because I definitely have I do have some PTSD from that unfortunately do do you mind explaining that a bit PTSD what PTSD can you can you elaborate on that so post-trauma yeah I'm Mm. so sorry so um PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder Mm. um I there were some things in that relationship that were that caused me to be afraid and now when I'm put in similar situations today even though that might not even be the intention of the situation my reaction is still like to become very defensive or to become very afraid so for example um like i said this person would be very um borderline physically abusive like if i were to wake this person up and like just just wake them up in general they would become very violent and they would like punch above my headboard and so even now in the current relationship that I'm in, um, I have this like fear of waking my partner up 
Like I don't, I'm afraid. Not that my my current boyfriend would would never ever even get oh. upset with me if I broke him. Your up. relationship's beautiful. But, like, I saw it for myself. It's awesome. Yeah, it's very yeah, calm. So, like, yeah. So in my but my thought process, and I'm and again, this is not anything that's my current boyfriend's fault. Know, this is something yeah. that I have to work through. And mm. so, like, just being, I got I actually woke him up yesterday, and I'm not joking. I was nervous, like not because of anything he has ever done to me, mm. but I was like. I was like, you need to wake him up. This is part of your own therapy. <laughs> and I like, test it, test it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's little things like that, like things that you wouldn't even, um, you wouldn't even think about, or even in the past, like with my, you know, in the abusive relationship I was in, um, it was my responsibility to, you know, clean, do dishes, do laundry, right. um, which is Very absolutely asinine to me now to think mm. about. But um, when Mason and I, my current boyfriend, when we got together, and even in other relationships that I've had, if they, if I ever like came home and they were doing dishes, immediately I would get this like, this sense of like overwhelming like anxiety, like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Like I should have already done that. Like yeah. I know should have already been done. It, even though that was something that he's doing to be nice yeah. to be like, he was never do, like it was never him. He's not doing dishes to make me feel bad, yeah. but like that's my immediate reaction because in the past, like yeah. if I hadn't. If I hadn't done the dishes, I was going to be in trouble. Wow. So it's just so weird how little things like that have really conditioned me. And I have such a, like, it triggers me. And so, I have such a, um, like a, a, this, like I said, this like defense mechanism mm, of like panic. Mm, and I go into like this panic mode and it makes me so, I get so anxious about it. So mm, those are just some things that I have PTSD over. Just like very mild. There's obviously other larger things, but those are just definitely. like little day-to-day things that still give me anxiety. Absolutely. And um, I think it's important to note that, um, that the reason why the, obviously these um, these neurological pathways or patterns um, or just general patterns of, like of life occur for Kaylin is, is exactly how um, patterns will occur for even a small um, n- it doesn't even have to be traumatic it can just simply be a small painful experience or um, mm-hmm. some, some form of grieving that someone goes through and this can develop a, a, um, specific patterns specific pathways um, specific reactions to circumstances um, that you might have um, if you're listening and um, and you th- and you think about okay, cool. This is actually how I react to these situations. I don't know why, um, or I end up in a downward spiral of a black hole abyss, and I don't know why. There's always a reason. There's always some something that has triggered that, um, and there is always a wound that's being triggered. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's very important that um that, that that's um that's understood because you really are in a lot more control than you believe. Um, so I really want to actually ask a couple of things about that. Um, if that's okay with you, is yeah. Um, yeah okay cool um because i, I want to ask first of all i wanted to ask what kept you in it because i feel like there's a lot of people that do get stuck in relationships they, they might not be abusive but they might be um almost self-destructive in a way that's the way that people end up beating themselves up um so i'd really like to sort of address what sort of kept you in that relationship at the time yeah and this is actually something that like i said for um even i've been out of this relationship for almost five years four and a half Mm. years now and for a while i felt very upset with myself because i I did allow myself to stay in such a we'll call it dangerous situation not even just an unhealthy situation but it was it was dangerous and i was just like why would you um would you say but so this person um specifically they did threaten my life right. and so they they the the situation started where they were trying to threaten their own life they were saying they were going to take their own life in front of me but this person was extremely narcissistic and i knew that 
it wasn't that they were going to take their life. They were just, it was a manipulation mm. tactic. And if I had said no, like because I was trying to leave um, at that point in time, if I had said no, I was, I knew that I was going to be in danger. So mm. for the remaining, for the remaining half, uh, two years of our relationship, I was really there out of fear. Right. And so, and granted, like, just like you said, that, that might not necessarily that's a very extreme situation, mm. and some people may just, they may just be keeping themselves in a very like unhealthy or like self-sabotaging yeah. relationship for, um, for not really any reason. Mm. But um, I have to give myself some grace looking back on that because five years is a long time to stay Huge in such a. But at that point, I was kind of like in you know self-preservation mode, like you know survival mode. Like mm. I'm, it felt safer to stay mm. than it did to leave because right. I knew like okay, if I can stay and just keep him happy, then. Um, then I, I don't have to fear the backlash of me trying to leave and you know his reaction to that because that felt scarier to me at that point mm. in time. Um, and then I finally, you know, as the years were going on, I got to a point where I realized. And again, this is nothing that anybody around me could have told me because mm. for years, you know, my, my friends, my family were saying, you need to get out. Like, this mm. is not healthy. Like, I have all these voices around me and I'm just trying to shut them out. Mm. And I'm, you know, I still, I'm in this preservation mode of like, no, no, this is what's best for mm. me. This is what's best for me. Not that I was even happy. I was not mm. happy. I just, I felt like I couldn't leave. Mm. And so I, um, I finally got to a point where I, I was talking to my parents and I was like, I have got to get out. And that I, I think that was um, the very first time I ever had a like universe moment where like I spoke to the universe like what I needed uh, because uh, shortly after I had kind of come to this you know this revelation or this realization within myself that I needed a way out but I, I didn't know how to leave uh, the universe kind of handed it to me on a silver platter luckily um, like like I said this person was abusive they, they did cheat on me a lot and I just kind of took it and uh, so he did cheat on me again and I kind of took that as my opportunity to like kick this person out of my house mm. so like, got to leave he was living there completely for free like wasn't paying me any rent like it was just just totally taking advantage of me and so I kicked him out of my house and I think at that point the universe knew again this is a very dramatic story mm. uh, the universe knew that uh, I was vulnerable and that I still might go back to him just mm. because again, it felt it was my safe space. That was sure. where I felt most comfortable. The security. Um, so a day, the day after I kicked him out, I think the universe recognized my vulnerability mm. and on my way to school. Cause I was still in school at this point in time, I was driving to class and on the highway and I actually ended up wrecking my car and I flipped five times on the interstate going 75 miles per hour. Oh, shit. And, I flipped front over end. I have chills talking about this. Um, I landed on my top and I was just hanging there by my seatbelt. And I mean, there was things in my car that were like thrown probably 50 yards away from my car, but my cell phone was just laying there on my sunroof face up. And I was able to, um, I called my mom, uh, which is probably, I probably gave the woman a heart attack because she was living two hours away at this point in time. And I was like, mom, I need you to call 911. I was like, I'm upside down in my car. Um, and luckily, she actually I started panicking a little bit because I could smell smoke and I couldn't get out of my seatbelt and she was able to kind of walk me through that situation she was very calm I was very calm and she's like just push her so she's like push it push against the roof and like then you can release your seatbelt and get turned around and crawl out and it was just the whole scenario of I didn't I walked away from that accident and have a single scratch on our body there's nothing wrong with me and 
I genuinely just the events of that entire day I genuinely think that was God the universe whatever telling me like listen your life is so precious your life is so fragile your happiness your energy everything that you possess is is so important and and if you're not going to recognize that then we're going to we're going to show you. Mm. Um, and if you're not willing to take that seriously, then we're going to show you just how fragile it is. Like we're going to protect you during this process, but we just really need you to have this wake up call. And I did. And from that point forward, I, I promised myself that I would never, ever let anybody ever treat me like that to take advantage of me like that. And that was probably, that is one of the most pivotal points in my life, honestly. And I was able to like, that was like the you know the cords were cut like I was able to very much walk away from that situation I like I said I still have a lot of things that I work through even today from mm-hmm. that situation but oh gosh it's I'm so happy that I wrecked my car yeah <laughs> so, well, happy I almost died that day. I think that's so beautiful the way you expressed that I'm so happy I wrecked my car not I can't believe I wrecked my car. That really yeah. could have been my, the death of me. Right? Yeah, you're actually yeah. looking in a positive light in a way that that event served you. And I'm a firm believer, and I know you are too, that events, things, people, um, whatever, um, the things that what people would perceive happen to you, it's actually serving you in a way. There's a lesson behind 100%. it. Even if it's not something that you would see directly, it might be an indirect lesson. It might be something that's meant to make you stronger so that when you exactly. face, you know, and in, 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 like it might be a hard relationship and then something in business business comes up so you're actually taking that strength from that relationship and applying it to that business um, like stress or whatever like you know it's, mm-hmm. it's applicable everywhere so I think it's very important to understand that even yeah. it might not directly be like oh an aha moment like oh that's why that thing happened 10 years ago you right, know it right. might be like you just have to yeah. trust mm, absolutely yeah, you just have to tr- I always one of the things I always talk to my clients about is you know things never happen to you things always happen for you yeah, absolutely and it, outcomes are never I feel like outcomes are never positive or negative. They're always neutral. It's up to mm. you to decide whether and out like how you want to perceive that outcome. Absolutely. And I always like to look at things as like necessary. So outcomes are always necessary. Mm. So you can find solace in that. Like even if something feels like absolutely like world ending mm. and horrible, you can know that okay, this sucks right now, but I know that this is necessary and I'm going to learn something from this. Even if I don't understand it right now, eventually I'm going to and I can trust that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. That's awesome. Um, awesome. Thank thank you. You as well for diving deep on that stuff like I could tell course, that was yeah. that had such an emotional toll like even just you speaking about it so thank you um, mm-hmm. cool so I wanted to move on a little bit and actually um talk about how you actually moved into your current focus um, of mm-hmm. self-love, of energy um, from this Caitlin who's um, come out of this sort of abusive relationship, um, sort of going through like her own healing process um, yeah. and also please address the side of fitness as well um, yeah. As you, yeah, cool. Yeah, so like I said um, in the beginning, I used to do competitive bodybuilding from mm. 2013 to 2017. Mm. And then I got into competitive weightlifting for a year. I ex- I excelled in both sports and yeah. I liked the competitive aspect of yeah. it. Which and is what transitioned you from the bodybuilding to the weightlifting? So coming out of bodybuilding, I didn't, I didn't have... I don't necessarily have a body that is suited for competitive bodybuilding. I just, I'm more built for strength Mm -hmm. and I didn't actually recognize that. But when I was, while I was competing for, when I was prepping for my final show, I had some friends who they were actually coaches in weightlifting and they kept like, 
they're like, Kaylin, like when you get done with this show, like let's get like let's have you do a weightlifting competition, and uh, so they kind of like were egging me on during my prep, and so coming out of prep, obviously, you know, you've been in a deficit for so long, you really want any kind of excuse to like eat more food, yeah, and so I was like, oh, I need I need to eat more food because I'm I'm going to do this weightlifting competition, yeah. I need to be strong, yeah. and so it was kind of like um, something I wanted to do for and like. In combination with me also wanting to eat food, so completely I completely understand that. Yeah, what was, was the like, go-to I'm food gonna... for you? What was like your number one? Oh, oh my god, um, I love like lifesaver gummies. Like I just <laughs> gummies. I don't know why. I just I love I've gummies. never heard oh anyone my. say that. Like I'm, I'm sure it's like gonna be like brownies or banana bread no, or pizza. I love gummies. What? I think gummies are so diverse. Like yeah. there's so many different. You have like the sour kind, and then they have like. Like obviously like the lifesaver kind of like and they have like starburst ones what, what colors you go to and, what kind what color what the, color oh co- oh red always like oh, the, the salmon orange one the lifesaver gummy ones have a pack it's called like all berry and it's like all berry flavors your eyes yeah. lit up like when you said that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, like we could literally do. A, I feel like we could do a podcast just on lifesaver gummies and <laughs> go on about like the different oh types and like. <laughs> Oh, I could get elaborate. Yeah. I'm a gummy connoisseur. Oh, so. man. That's, I love my gummies, that's too. My go-to. Mm. That's my go-to. But, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what got me cool. into weightlifting. And, again, like I said, so for those of you who can't actually see me, I am only five foot tall, so I'm actually very short. But mm. I'm very um, muscular mm. uh, just for my – that's just kind of my natural build. I have a very – I like to say I'm boxy. <laughs> Uh, I have very, like, my legs are really strong. I have very broad shoulders, so I really was built for strength. And so coming out of bodybuilding, like I said, I kind of always felt like like the odd one out, kind of like the not, the, not the ugly duckling. That's not very nice to say. But, like, just kind of like the different one. Like, I just, I don't know, like, I never really had the... The comp- I, I was a figure competitor and I just never really... I felt always kind of like I was forcing myself into that. Mm-hmm. And so I... Um, switched into the weightlifting and I actually excelled in that like the first year like the very first competition that I did I actually broke the state records for clean and jerk and snatch and I became the strongest woman in my weight class for that year just like on my very first one um, and having very minimal training like Uh. which was which was actually really cool. So cool. did that, and I loved that for a long time, yeah. and I did that for probably a year and a half to two years, mm-hmm. going into 2018, and um, even the beginning of 2019, I, no, I'm lying to you, just 2018, I forgot, we just got, to, it's just now 2019, so just 2018. Um, I kinda, I was into weightlifting and things like that, but um, after some extensive training, because that is very, uh, that is very intense, very, that's very hard training day in and day out, just lifting very, very heavy. Um, My body was also like, "Mm, we're built for this, but we don't really like it that much because it's breaking it down. Mm -hmm. So like I said to you before, coming out of, coming out of two very competitive sports um, and then just trying to find balance in life and just like, okay, what am I training for now? I kind of had a little bit of an identity crisis because my entire platform my social media platform was built around me competing mm. in something and so to some 
to some capacity, I was always competing. I was always getting ready for something. I was always prepping for something. There was always like this end goal that I was talking about. And now it was just me. And now I had nothing to work towards. And I honestly went through this phase of almost not resenting the gym, but just kind of resenting what it had done to me um, in the sense of, you know, when you go from such such an extreme and you, you live this very extreme lifestyle of very like restriction and like, you know, hashtag team no days off. And yeah. You're just, yeah, I'm like, that was, that was, I lived that life for like five years straight. So coming out of it, I was just like, oh my God, like, I don't even want to post about the gym anymore. I don't want to post about any of this. Like, I don't want to keep posting my body. I don't want to like, I don't want to do anything. And, but Instagram's my job. And so, I was like, I have to be present. I have to show up on here. And going through that really, um, it was really, really difficult for me. And like I said before, in early 2018, of last year, so a year ago, I was actually diagnosed with severe depression. And that was, I, I honestly think that was because I just felt so out of alignment with my message at that point in time. I didn't know what my what my new platform was yeah. going to look like or what my message even was meant to be but again this was the universe um i, I genuinely again i'm glad i i'm so glad that i had that depression because mm-hmm. i would not have been able to go on this path of like self-discovery and figure out exactly what i am passionate about and the message that i do want to have heard and mm-hmm. the impact that i want to make because it was encouraging that on that point, journey of discovering better. a sense of purpose as well that you'd yeah, lost yeah yeah exactly and so i was realizing at that point that fitness was no it's not that i i'm i still work out every day like yeah. fitness is still an integral part of my life and like i said i have dietetics degree like i still care about nutrition i care about how i treat my body and mm. things like that but it's just it's not there's a hundred million thousand accounts on instagram that can tell you that information yeah i just didn't want to be one of those anymore mm. and i didn't know what that looked like hashtag if it fits your macros <laughs> yeah <I was> like, <laughs> and so i I went through this phase, it was like for two or three months of, I was really depressed and Mm. I needed to figure out how to get myself out of that. And like I said, I went on this, like, I kind of, I spent the last year really diving deep into myself and Mm. my traumas and the things that I knew that I needed to work on personally Mm. so that I could- I love that I can hear your dogs in the background. (laughs) I really don't know what they're barking at. Don't even worry about it. It's totally fine. Like I said, I don't even mind. It's so funny. Um, Actually, before you continue on with um, with that that experience, actually, can you just backtrack a tiny bit and actually talk about the experience itself um, and explain explain what that was like for you and explain how you would describe that depression for you? Because what you said, it resonated with me. I've said that before and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Um, I know so many people would resonate with that too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I, um, when I, I remember when it first kind of like started to onset, I thought it was just me being lazy Mm. and not wanting to go to the gym. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, with my depression, I, the way that I like to describe it is because everyone's like, what does it feel like? Like, are you just sad all the time? And I'm like, honestly, no, it's, it's honestly like this extremely, extremely heavy, empty feeling. Mm. Like it's, you are lacking. Like you just, you don't, you're not excited. You're really not sad. You're really just, it's a very confusing feeling because like I said, I was, 
Um, I felt very guilty about how I was feeling. So there was always also this like guilt factor because there, everything in my life was going really, really well. Like I had so many amazing things going on in my life at this point in time. So that it wasn't like anything triggered it um, externally. This was very much an internal issue that I was uh, facing, but um, it, it's like you have no motivation to do anything. Like things that, that things that used to make you excited, things that you had passion for before, just it's just completely it just dissolves, and it's it's so heavy. It's just like you have a pit in your stomach all the time, and it is so, it just it's heavy. I can't even I can't explain it any other any other way than that. It's a heavy emptiness. When it like. first. Yeah, when it first started, I just, it didn't come on, like, it wasn't like this depressed, like this depressive onset. It was kind of gradual. And like I said, at first, I thought it was just me being lazy and not really wanting to go to the gym. And I, but then it, it kept, it kept getting worse. And then I was finding it really difficult to even get out of bed. And then I didn't, then I started ignoring people. Like I didn't want to talk to anybody. So I had friends that I just wouldn't respond to messages. I wouldn't answer my phone. I really wasn't on social media. Like that was not good for me either. And I kind of was just getting to a place where I was completely isolating myself. I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, It actually, I started binge eating at this point in time also. I don't know if the binging caused the depression or if the depression caused the binging, or if it was just like this bad cycle, if I was just empty and I was trying to feel something. Uh, so that was really hard too, because like I said, I have a dietary surgery and if I should be able to control anything about myself, I would hope it would be my diet. Mm-hmm. And so I had no control over anything. I, and that was not a fun place to be in either. So it was just, like I said, it was just like this cyclic pattern of like self-sabotage and just, you know, feeding into my depression. And it was, oh, it was so ugly. And I finally, I got to a point where, like I said earlier, my parents lived two hours away from me. And I'm very, very, very close with my family. And I, I felt like I was having to like lie to them constantly and like on the phone when I'd be talking to my mom I talked to her probably like 15 times a day and I was when I would talk to her I think she could tell that that something was off but I wasn't being open about it which is weird because I tell her everything and so I finally got to a point where I actually called my dad I didn't tell my mom because I didn't want her to worry um and and depression runs on my dad's side of the family so I thought he might be able to like understand a little bit better and so I called him and I broke down crying and I said this is what's going on I said nothing's wrong nothing's caused this like like I don't want you to think anything else like it's it's literally just me I said but also I I want you know like I'm not having suicidal thoughts it what luckily it never got to that point like that's something that worried my parents <laughs> they were like you know you know if you're having these types of thoughts like let us know but honestly the only thoughts I ever had were I just want to be happy mm-hmm. like I just want to live like I just want to I want to love my life again like I just want to feel excitement I want to feel I want to feel anything um it was never like this is horrible. I don't want to be here anymore. So yeah. I'm so I'm I'm so happy that it never got to that point. I couldn't. Ima- I, I still even after going through that, I still could. I I just don't even know. I, I honestly think that my depression must have been good. Like I had a good case of depression because I can't even imagine what that would what that would feel like to experience something where you thought that you felt like that was your only yeah. out. You know. And so, um, can I'm you really actually? Happy. Yeah, definitely. And um, can you actually speak on what actually? 
got you feeling like you felt okay to actually talk to the, talk to your parents about this? Because I've talked to a lot of people uh, through mm-hmm. like you know through social and um, who have actually come to me and talked about it a little bit. But um, I've really tried encouraging um, people to really open up to their family because um, yeah. I like to use the ex- use the um, um, use the understanding of even though it may perceptively um, or, or they might be, they might perceive personally that what they're doing and explaining to the family is actually harming them when, when it's really not it's actually helping them yeah. it's helping them understand yes. you yeah whereas like obviously yeah. we're putting up walls and this depression the family doesn't understand why and they feel like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're helpless in that situation but this actually gives them that that sort of sense of um oh my gosh like thank you for opening up my child mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 so i um I like I said, I'm, I'm, it helps that I'm extremely close with my family, mm-hmm. um, and and like I said, me not telling them prior to that was me trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. I was I didn't want I didn't want them to worry about me. I didn't want I feel them like to that's think a, that a common mindset like, as well, like common yeah, mindset and, that people get stuck in. Yeah. I got stuck in this, yeah. Yeah, and so I was worried. I was more worried about like protecting them than I was mm-hmm. about protecting myself at that point, and I finally. I think it helped that I was so close with my family because if I didn't have a close relationship with my family, I probably wouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. But when I got to that point where, and it was funny when I did tell my dad, I honestly wasn't like calling him to tell him. It just kind of came out. Cool. And so I called him and I was just telling him, he was like, how are you doing? Like, how are things going? So like I said, I talked to my mom way, way more than I talked to, I'm really close with my dad, but we just don't talk on the phone that often. And so I, I called him and I just broke down and I just started like bawling my eyes out. I don't know if it was just like me, I'm such a daddy's girl, so I don't know if it was just like him being like my protector, like, and me feeling like I could just open up to him, but I did, so I just started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I feel so empty. I don't know what to do. Mm. Like nothing's wrong. Um, like nothing's going, nothing's going on. Like I don't want you to worry about that, but I just, I don't know what to do. Mm. And I don't know if I need to go, I don't know if I need therapy. I don't know if I need to go to a doctor. I just, I, I need family. Mm. Like that was the other thing I realized is like, I really just needed, I need him. Like I need my mom. Like yeah. I need, like I need my parents. And yeah. so like, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like if you have that relationship with your parents, like, God, they make everything feel so much better. Absolutely. And yeah. so my dad immediately like told my like told my mom and she came down and she spent the next like week with me, which was which was really nice so because good. I was living by myself at this point in time and I was I was alone mm. and just even having that other person there was so helpful. And when you like I said, when you start to isolate yourself and when you when you have depression or or when you isolate yourself in general, honestly, don't do that. Mm. Just don't do that. Like if you if you even have a friend like Gabby, my friend, like my, mm. my business partner, my best friend, she's very aware of these tendencies that I have. So mm. like if she ever notices, even now, if I start to isolate myself, she'll like call me out on it. She's like, I'm coming over. Yeah, so I love that. You, that's you can, cool. You can have somebody like that in your life mm. that's aware of that or like. Yeah. Anything. But it and does lastly, start with my, you as well. It starts with you being open in the first place because obviously if there's no understanding there, then the person's yeah. never really going to understand truly what those triggers exactly. are for you. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. And people are usually, I think the hardest part when I did start to open up to mm-hmm. my friends was them asking why. Yeah. Uh, them not understanding what's going on and mm-hmm. me just having, luckily I have very, I have friends with like, with a lot of patience and mm-hmm. so they were able to like listen to me and understand that you know 
there's not like I said there's nothing going on I have my life was great like nothing bad was happening it's just a, something that was happening internally mm. um, and they luckily my friends were really understanding of it and That's if awesome. you have friends that aren't understanding of it I can go ahead and tell you right now that that person probably need, you need to set some boundaries with that person yeah because those are not the types of people that you need to be surrounded by mm. you need to be surrounded Thank by a lot of love that. and understanding Absolutely. and acceptance of what's going on Very people that are going to be um, supportive of you during that point in time because yeah. what would you uh, sorry actually say, say what you're gonna say because Oh, I was just saying, like, it's important to have a really strong support system. Like, you don't don't try to do this alone. Mm. Like, don't. I know it seems scary to try to open up about these types of things, but I can promise you that, like, me having a support system, like, opening up to my family and opening up to my friends about it, they were, God, they were so under, and it made me feel, I think, less crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and cool. less, uh, and less, like I, like I said, I was like I was trying to build walls between people I was I was isolating myself I was pushing people away and really when you're feeling like that you need to know that you're loved Definitely. and so yeah if you can if you can find those people that like whether that is in family friends whatever it is um, that can give you that I think that that is so so mm. so so important I was actually just gonna ask if um, if someone listening right now is suffering through uh, like severe depression like you said or even just a hard time and they're not sure what it is whether and it could possibly be depression or anxiety what would you say to that person who hasn't yet opened up in order to actually make them understand that um, that they can do it is, is there like um, some sort of advice that you give to them? Yeah, I just, I know that when you're feeling like that, you feel, you feel alone, even mm. though you, you literally could be in a room full of people and you feel I alone so and you feel so unheard. And, and even though you're not speaking, like you're unheard intentionally, you feel misunderstood because you don't even understand really what's going on. Oh, um, I just want you to know, like as someone who has experienced that and who has successfully come out to the other side, I genuinely think that me speaking out when I did and asking for help, and like I said, to whatever capacity, if you don't feel comfortable with your family or even if you don't feel comfortable with your friends, sometimes speaking to somebody that is objective, like going to a therapist of some sort, even I'm like, Honestly, I think that what was so helpful for me, because like I said, I was living alone, I was isolating myself, I wasn't talking to anybody about this stuff. When I finally called my dad and I was able to just like brain dump on him, and I just like, it was almost like a waterfall of like these emo like emotions that I didn't even know where they were coming from, almost just me rambling about it. So even if you don't have a family member or friend where you can do that with, someone objective where you can just go and just put it out there just release that from your body and to some capacity i swear and that in itself is is therapeutic and that is i think is a very very strong first step in the right direction it's just allow yourself to speak what you're feeling because mm -hmm. when you're having these emotions they are embarrassing they are ugly they do feel disappointing they do feel shameful and you keep trying to suppress them but you have got to let them out thank you that's honestly that like honestly resonated with me so much and i know how much it would resonate with so many people who were hearing that for the first time like that was beautiful the way you put it it really was thank you yeah right, cool that's awesome yeah. yeah um so um jumping into the next phase of your life so you've gone mm -hmm. through some this phase of depression you've opened, opened up about it now you're getting into your healing so talk about this yes mm. yeah so like i said um 
in the very beginning when I was introducing myself, talking about what I do with um, energy healing. Yes. Uh, so me coming out of the depression, I went. I did go to a doctor. Which I tried some some different therapists. I went to a doctor. They wanted to put me on some medication, and I was open to that. But I also kind of I know enough about the human body just because I have a chemistry degree, um, and I know like. Physiologically, I know things about the human body. I was like, okay, I want to try this on my own. Like, I know there are some things. Like, once I was kind of coming up, like, I was on the upswing from the depression, and I kind of felt like I was regaining control of some aspects of my life, and I was feeling a little bit more motivated with it. I was like, okay, I want to do some of my own research to see if there are some things that I can do personally um, before I just kind of like hop on the medication train. So I started reading, I started diving into personal development because like I said, I felt very out of control and I felt very unorganized and I just, I knew there was a lot of things I needed to work on personally that medication wasn't going to fix within me. So I was able, I luckily had enough self-awareness to be able to identify that and recognize that in myself. So I started diving into personal development and as I was getting into personal development, I kind of started crossing over a little bit into some spirituality stuff and some metaphysical type healing, um, which is, like I said, this is something that is not conventional. This is not something that's for everybody. It doesn't make sense for everybody. But like you said in the beginning, like just to have an open mm-hmm. mind about it. So was the hormonal stuff before or after this energy okay. stuff? The hormonal stuff. Was the you, what? The hormonal stuff that you looked into. Was it oh, before so or after? Oh, that was actually that happened. That happened right right it was right in the middle wow. it was so uh, okay. so uh it was in march yeah okay. it was like a year ago so wow. in march mm. i so i'll touch on that really quickly yeah, so nice. um like i said i know a lot about my body and mm. before i wanted to be um put on any type of medication i actually wanted to have some blood work done so mm. when had some blood work done and it actually turns out that i have uh, very 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 low testosterone and i actually now take hormone replacement therapy so i do take testosterone injections so i like to jokingly say that i'm on steroids yeah i love um, that you just put it out there and like that this is why i actually I'm wanted to steroids. mention it because like yeah i'm on i'm on roids i'm roided up guys like <laughs> go stand next to the guys yeah yeah i'm t- i gotta take trt like it's actually funny now because like I, I said I like I if you ever if you guys do go look mm. at my Instagram, like I am a very muscular person, but I, I looked like that even when I had yeah. no testosterone. Well that so it's not like it doesn't do anything for me, it just makes me normal. Yeah. Um and like you can say, like I don't I don't have a beard and like my <laughs> voice is normal, like I don't have any like weird yeah. side effects or anything like that from it. Like it literally just gives me enough it testosterone to you. make me a normal female. Mm. It actually helps with my it's, it helps with my other fertility hormones. It actually mm. makes me more fertile if I ever decide have a child mm. um it does help with like my sex drive my energy my motivation like there's so many like there's so many things that it helps with but i was telling Karen before that you know if i had just blindly said yes to the medication that my doctors were wanting to put me on these ssris these are to fix you know chemical imbalances in my brain and i never even had a chemical imbalance i just had a hormonal imbalance which mm. was so much easier to fix and i'm thinking that i'm pretty positive that the hormonal imbalance that i had was a result of because I had never done steroids up until me having to do these testosterone Mm. injections. Uh, So it wasn't an issue of steroids, but I think that 
just being in the competitive bodybuilding and the weightlifting and the fluctuation of my weight for so many years, like the yo-yoing of my weight and my body fat percentage and things like that. I think that that caused a lot of hormonal distress Definitely. and a lot of adrenal adrenal stress mm. and in conjunction with probably some genetic issues that I had. And so I think that's what resulted in the low testosterone. But I am now, I have been on testosterone injections or subcutaneous. I do them in my belly. Um, I've been on those for a year now. I only have to do them like twice a month, okay. uh, if that, sometimes only once a month. I monitor my testosterone levels regularly so I can mm. kind of gauge how much I need. Um, but this is probably something that I might have to be on for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that because cool. I would much rather have to like, you know, poke myself in the stomach <laughs> a few times a month than ever ever have the depression that I had before. Um, but luckily I was able to figure that out and I'm such a huge advocate of mm. women advocating for themselves. So I think that what I, since me coming out about this and talking about the fact that I'm on testosterone replacement therapy, I've had a lot of other women come to me, messaging me, emailing me saying that they went to their doctor, they have the same issue, but their doctor won't put them on testosterone. And that's very upsetting to me because if you have a hormonal imbalance um, and you are and you have depression or you have anxiety or you I mean it just why would you not just give them like just mm. give them the testosterone you talked about that the reason fertility as well didn't you yeah, yeah 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 so the the reasoning behind why doctors won't prescribe it like the one I do the most is like oh well, like we don't want you to look like a man oh. and me hearing it like here coming from a doctor that just sounds so backwards i'm like yeah. you, you know better than that like you and and the, what's funny to me is like we just like we like unregulated just like prescribe birth control yeah. that's also steroid mm. like there, everybody's on birth control yeah and, and you're all on roids about that yeah i yeah we're all I, I, exactly like it's funny like all females that are on birth control are on steroids so yeah. they just like don't even yeah. it's so it's just funny to me to hear a doctor say like oh well you know like we'd rather you have depression than grow facial hair not that you're going to grow facial hair but it's just yeah. that's their reasoning behind it and i'm like honestly if my doctor would have told me even if they would have said hey you're probably going to grow a beard but you won't be depressed anymore i would have gladly had a beard yeah i would be like yeah give me the fucking beard <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, love that. I don't care awesome. i'm just like awesome. I'm like that should be my decision like that, yeah. that's not your decision that cool. should be mine and so that's what's really upsetting about that but that's a whole mm. other conversation in itself so mm, ladies go go get your blood work done if you yes. have blood work please go get your blood work done awesome thank you um mm-hmm. but anyway so found that out and that was actually what kind of um that was kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel for me so when i found out you know i had those hormones looked at i was act i was proactively treating that that was when i kind of started diving into the personal development stuff because i realized okay there are a lot of there are a lot of things about myself that need that need improving um especially my relationship with myself so i was noticing when i had depression that I was just mean to myself. I was saying very hurtful, ugly things to myself constantly, which obviously was not helping my depression, but I just, I don't know what I thought I was doing. I don't know how I thought that was going to be productive, but it wasn't, it was very counterproductive. Mm. And I realized that that's honestly, that was how I have spoken to myself my whole life. Like even when, you know, starting out even high school, like I, I think that everybody they have this idea that they're going to quote unquote hate themselves healthy that they're going to if i can just hate myself enough then my body will decide that it wants to get on board with what i'm doing and i'm like i don't know when when in what other scenario you have ever experienced in your life that that has been a good idea that's never been a good idea (laughs) so 
I wanted to work on that. And that was um, that was kind of what got me into the personal development stuff. And like I said, I kind of ended up crossing over into some spirituality stuff mm-hmm. just by reading. Just kind of some of the stuff that you read is kind of multifaceted. And mm-hmm. um, it, it kind of sparked my interest because coming out of the depression, like I said, I felt very, very out of control. And I was interested in anything that would help me regain control of my life and put me back in the driver's seat and make me realize that no, you are way more in control of every aspect of your life than you ever imagined. So anything that I do now is all about me stepping into my power and me reaching my highest my highest potential awesome. due to my own actions. Awesome. So I like to take full responsibility of everything that I do and I like, it's very empowering knowing that my outcomes are a direct result of my actions. And when things work out for me, it's because of something that I've done. And if things don't work out for me, it's because of something that I've done. And I like taking ownership of that. Awesome. So everything that I do now is, whether it be, like I said, if it's totally something that's off the wall and you're just like, I don't, even, I don't know what that is. Um, all, everything that I do is about giving the power back to myself. So that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I shifted into the energy healing. So I'm super, I'm super advocate of all things health, wellness, fitness, nutrition, personal development, and then also anything that helps you feel like you are, you are a co-creator of your reality, in an essence. Mm. So, okay, that is kind of the shift into probably cool. anything that you want to ask me next. Yes. So I literally wanted to dive into so. Kaylin uh, dives a lot into uh, the chakras um, on her Instagram, and the first time I read it, I was like, "Oh, interesting! I've sort of heard about this, like on other podcasts." Um, Oprah Winfrey even has even talked um, talked about it with someone. I can't remember who it was now on one of her podcasts. Um, so it's definitely out there, and there is st- a lot of stuff behind it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of history behind it. So I wanted to let Kaylin dive a little bit into it and like, how she got into it and what she's gained from it. Mm. Yeah, so what I will, what I mentioned earlier was about uh, me even now dealing with a lot of unprocessed emotions. Mm. And I think a lot of us, we do, there's a lot of, uh, we all carry emotions, whether that be subconsciously from like childhood experiences or, you know, things that did happen to us in high school, like, or if you're like, you know, traumatic experiences or whatever that may be, we all are carrying emotions that we have not properly processed or even acknowledged. And so that's kind of what got me into the chakras and understanding how unprocessed emotions can actually manifest themselves physically and your body and then how to heal that and how to process that so that you can be in alignment and you can be the best version of yourself. So that's kind of, um, that was what kind of pushed me in that direction. So I'll just briefly give you guys um, a quick rundown or explanation of what the chakras are. So these are, again, this is, there is science behind uh, behind this, Mm. Um, but I will preface you and say that even if this is not something that resonates with you, just kind of pick it apart and take from it what makes sense to you. Mm. Um, And like I said, this is all about processing emotions Mm. and I'll give you some of the science stuff first so you don't think I'm totally out there. (laughs) Uh, So we do know that emotions can, um, you know, ail you physically. So if you're stressed out or you're angry, those types, or you know, you have resentment, those types of emotions can make you uh, physically ill. So whether that be 
acne, digestive issues, um, you know, migraines or heart attack. Like there's so many things that happen that are emotionally related. So emotions are energy. Um, they affect you energetically in your body. So we, when we have emotions that we're not dealing with or that we're not acknowledging or we're not um, handling properly or even like just not processing, those emotions will hold themselves in your body and they will cause physical distress. Uh, and we, we know that as a fact, like literally stress, stress kills, like you've heard that stress kills. Mm. Um, and usually it's some kind of like hormonal response or whatever's going on that's causing the actual physical ailment. But we do know for a fact that your emotions will cause ailment in your body if mm. they go un unaddressed. So what the chakras are, you have seven energy centers in your body, um, starting from, you know, the base of your spine going all the way to the top of your head. And these energy centers are like a matrix of energy flow. So ideally you'd want a nice, clean, organic, uh, straight path of energy just running through your body. We are energy. All things are energy. Everything's energy. That's science. Mm. So Atomically, to, we're energy, <laughs> like literally down to yeah. the, the tiniest neuron. Everything yeah. about us is energy. Mm. And so it's not totally insane to think that we have energy running through our body. Mm. <laughs> um, so what each chakra is, is there, like I said, there's seven of them and each of them are related to a different uh, body part or body system in, in your body. And what's really cool about that is when you have a physical ailment in your body, you're depending on which bodily system it is affecting or that is affected, you can pinpoint which chakra it is attached to and each chakra has have different characteristics and different parts of your life that they affect so you are then able to identify okay this is affecting this body part so it's likely attached to this chakra this is what this chakra means and so i probably am having an issue with x y and z and then it's kind of almost like a, a scavenger hunt i kind of like to look at it like a scavenger hunt and i'm like okay if i'm having issues here what what could that mean what mm. what is this relating to in my life do i am i carrying any ener emotional energy or emotional baggage that could be related to this that I need to be working through and sometimes it is subconscious and you're not even aware of it so it, I think that chakras are a really awesome tool to kind of help you you know reflect and evaluate yourself on an, on an entirely different spectrum than you would have otherwise so um, like I said each one is there's seven of them starting from the base of your spine all the way to the top of your head all attached to different body systems all have different characteristics as to what they relate to in your life so um, do you want me to go into like what each one means really quickly? Yeah, if you can. Yeah, if you can skim over that. Yeah, yeah I can, I'll, I'll make it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, I think that, um, I sent you that energy healing ebook. I was actually so going to mention that. Yeah. I want. I wanted. Okay. To, um, I do want to sh actually sh share with you guys. Yeah, Kaylin has um, did send me an ebook that you guys can go and read. I'll actually link that in the description of this podcast. Please go and actually give it a read um, and be in, be open minded about it and actually just give it a go for yourself and trial it and. Try what she's about to explain around the sort of connections between the physical and the emotional and the energy elements. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I will be, I'll be, I'm going to, this is honestly a very, very, like I could talk to you guys for hours about honestly, this. So yeah. I'm going to make it very, very, um, it's going to be very condensed. Mm. So I do highly, um, keep an open mind. I do highly recommend going and checking out that ebook because it's going to explain it so much better mm. as far as like, what does a balanced chakra look like versus an imbalance, how to identify those imbalances and then what you can do to actually, um, align your chakras or you know unblock or balance them back out so mm -hmm. just really quickly 
I'll, I'll start from the root. So you have, like I said, there's seven of them. The first one is your root chakra. The color of this is red. This is a very heavy earth energy. Uh, root chakra is your tribal chakra. So this is uh, as it relates to your family, your sense of security, your grounding, your ability to feel um, belonging in a family dynamic. So this is like, I, like this is like tribal, just remember family root grounding. Um, second chakra, this is your sacral chakra. This one is all about your outside relationships. So this could be um, relationships with, uh, these are sexual relationships usually with other people. Um, so outside family, obviously. (laughs) So these are, so these are your relationships outside the family. So whether they be like platonic or if they are sexual, um, also your, your sacral chakra is all about sexuality in general. So this isn't just like, this is sexuality in the sense of like your sexual orientation, but then also like your sexual energies. I just made a post on this on Instagram yesterday. So like your feminine versus masculine energy, and then um, also your creativity. So I was, if you guys do have a chance to go, I, I don't know when you guys are going to see this, but I did make a post about sexual, like your sexual energies and how those actually relate to your creativity. So sex is creative. I know it sounds, I know it sounds odd, but but, um, your sexuality is also a huge contributor to your creativity and then vice versa as well. So that is your your sacral chakra energy. So your third chakra moving up, this chakra is yellow and this one control, I didn't even like tell you guys what body parts, but Go read the ebook. Yeah. It'll make way more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so your uh, your solar plexus chakra or your third chakra. This, like I said, it's one is yellow. This one is your this is your personal power. This is your positive sense of self. This is your motivation, your self-confidence, your uh, self-discipline, your self-esteem, all things having to do with the self. So like I said, we start with the family and then we focus on outside relationships. And then your third chakra is all about your interpersonal relationship or your your relationship with yourself and how you feel about yourself and your self-efficacy. Moving up is your heart chakra. So obviously this one is all about love. It's not just about loving yourself and having self-acceptance, but it's also about loving everybody that is a part of the collective consciousness and having acceptance of everybody as a whole. So um, not judging other people, not judging other people's ideas, not judging other people's um, ideologies or, you know, their belief systems, just understanding that we are all part of the same exact, like I said, the same consciousness and then just having love for everybody, like peace, love and happiness. And then um, moving up is your fifth chakra. This is your throat chakra. Uh, this one is located at your throat. This one is your ability to speak your truth, to to speak and own your truth. We're all here for a reason. We all have a purpose. We all have a truth or a message that we want to share with everybody that is part of that collective consciousness. So um, being able to do that in a very um, open flow of communication mm. is very, very important. And then also the throat chakra is about. As well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so throat chakra is also about being able to listen to everybody else. So it's not just, it's not good enough to just be out there like, you know, spewing mm-hmm. your ideas everywhere. You also have to be open and receptive to the ideas of other people and being able to listen. Um, so then next chakra is your sixth chakra. This is probably one that most people are familiar with. This is your sixth eye. This is located between your eyes, obviously, like at your brow. Sixth eye? And this one is your, yeah, sixth eye. Sixth eye, yeah. third eye? Sixth eye. Yeah, oh, so, sorry. <laughs> Good job, third eye. Early in the morning here. No, it's okay. I got you to rush, right? I'm actually not surprised at Evan. Most of this call. Six shock. I'm not surprised. Six shock. Wait, where's the other three? I'm not sure. Six eyes. 
Oh, I'm glad you said that. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't, okay. So Kieran's in Bali. I'm in America. It's early in the morning. So I'm uh, okay. Six chakra, third eye. All right. We're back on track. I digress. So this is the one that is located between your eyes. This is the one that people are most familiar with. And this is your intuition. So this is your understanding of the bigger picture. This is your ability to see beyond the veil and to kind of like, I like to say like, see beyond the bullshit kind of. Mm. And then your seventh chakra, this is your crown chakra. This is located on the top of your head. And this is your connectedness to the divine. So your ability to, um, like I said, understand that you, it's kind of like a collective of everything, but knowing that you are a part of something bigger and that you are, you are directly connected to that and that you are able to harness the power of the divine if you have a very healthy, you know, crown chakra energy, mm-hmm. you can do that. So that's kind of, um, that's, that's the purpose of all of the chakras. Like mm-hmm. I said, they are attached to different body, like body systems. Mm-hmm. So you can got, you guys can go and read the ebook mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, it's probably, you're going to get way more information out of you reading the ebook than you would from me even explaining it. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm a very visual person, so I like to like see exactly what I'm talking about. And there's lots of pictures and diagrams and things like that. But it's a super easy read, so you'll yeah. probably get a lot more out of actually reading that. I love they made a seven pages as well. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seven pages, seven energies. Um, and it was really is all about balance, and that's the thing. Like life is about balance. Chakras is about balance. It's really about finding that overall balance and alignment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And like I said, too, it's even if you just look at it as a way to kind of do a self check or just evaluate yourself. Um, and I think it's interesting if you guys do check out the ebook, it talks, it, it tells you very specifically what types of imbalances you might be experiencing if you have, um, or what type of physical symptoms you might be experiencing if you have an imbalance in any one of the seven chakras. So, I mean, there's things such as like, migraines, depression, digestive issues, infertility. I mean, it gets really specific. So being able to go and identify like, wow, I I am experiencing this physical symptom. What could that mean for me? What type of emotions may I not have processing? What what one's that again? Digestive issues. Oh, I said migraines, digestive issues. But which Um, chakra is the digestive issue? Oh, your solar yeah. plexus. Yeah, yeah, so this cool. is yeah, yeah. Your third chakra. I'm mm. sitting here like rubbing my belly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> your third chakra, your solar plexus. Thinking your lifesavers. <laughs> yes. Just sitting here like every time I'm just like rubbing my stomach, I'm like, I'm just taking care of my solar plexus, yeah. don't worry. It's fine. Mm. No, cool. But, and um, so, you said self love was a big part of that, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, self love um, and acceptance and things like that are very um, heart heart chakra and solar solar plexus chakra mm. related and those two are like right next to each other um and so what i i i've made a post about this on instagram but it's funny how especially i'm sure it's prevalent in women and in, in men also but in women there's like digestive issues are rampant like we mm. every god every girl i work with have digestive issues like they it's it's like if you're a woman, you have digestive issues. And I hate that. It's like that, like whether it be like IBS or, you know, just, or like even Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, like if you're going to get like really crazy about it. But, um, typically what's so interesting to me is most of these women also have a lot of self-esteem issues. They, Mm -hmm. they lack self-confidence. They lack belief in themselves. They lack self-efficacy. And those are all characteristics of the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. So if you are lacking in any of these areas, especially like confidence in general it's not surprising to me that you are experiencing digestive issues Mm -hmm. so if you can work on those characteristics or those traits within yourself and you work on building that confidence you work on building that discipline that self-esteem all you know all the above 
um, the, it's funny how like the digestive issues kind of take care of themselves. And I, I actually experienced that with myself. Like I said, I spent the last year working on myself personally, working on my relationship with myself. And I used to have horrible digestion. I had four, I was like hospitalized for it. That's how bad my, my digestion was. And so subsequently when I improved my relationship with myself mm. and I was able to really balance out that solar plexus energy, I magically don't have digestive yeah. issues anymore. <laughs> oh my Boom. God. Wave of so, one. No. Like, that's what people think, right? It's like, kind of like, wave a wand, boom, like magic. No, it's not. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's very practical. Yeah. So definitely try, like, try, um, find that balance for yourself. Um, I actually want to bring this podcast to, to an end. Um, but mm-hmm. before I do, um, I actually want to mention a stat that uh, my roommate actually told me, because she's all about wound empowerment as well. And I think this is, like, blew me away. She said that um, only, only 4% of women think that they're truly beautiful. Um, that blew me away. And yeah, but well, I, I can sure. I can see it. You know what I mean. Yeah. I can see that as being true. That is, uh, but I want to say that because I want people to feel that if you don't love yourself right now, if you don't feel like you're beautiful right now, that's actually okay. You need to learn that's okay. As like that thought is okay. That feeling is okay. But once that you need to find that okayness there before you can learn to to grow. You know what I mean. One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, otherwise it's yeah, a constant cycle of self hate. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I want to finish on one um, one specific question, and then then I'm gonna um, tell people where to find you. Because and <laughs> you gotta go go and check her out. Honestly, guy or girl, you're gonna learn a lot. I like honestly, I'm in mental in the mental health field. I learn a lot every like um, on I, on the posts that I do see. Because you know Instagram's crazy, right? Um, on the posts <laughs> that I do see, um, I definitely learn something every time that she posts, and I think that's such a cool thing to see on an account that used to be on a, on a fitness account. You know, now now completely yeah. diving into that. So um, I want to ask one question. I always end the podcast on a very broad question based off your personal experience so it's yeah and based off your own yeah experiences um the way the way you are the way you perceive the world at the moment so very broad what heals you oh my gosh um Mm. speaking the truth yeah i i swear that has been such a like i that has been something that has been so 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 important for me um is being able to own own my truth and then and then speak it because i think that so many of us we just kind of go through the motions and we're doing what other people you know we're doing what what we think is expected of us Mm. and i i I, even like when i was kind of going through the identity crisis with my with my social media platform it was because i didn't know i didn't know who i was i didn't know like what i wanted to share but i knew that what i was doing didn't feel in alignment and so i had to take the time to really get to know myself again Mm. and i had to i think that that's so important is being able to speak to yourself and ask yourself what do you need what what do you want to say and i mean to me that's speaking to my soul so like i feel like you can you're you are i feel like we are soul and so when you can ask your soul you know what am i here to do what what feels in alignment what do you need to say and when you're not because when you're not able to do that that is that is very suppressing like i was talking about you know your throat chakra and being able to speak your truth like when you're not able to do that like that is gosh that is that is the worst that is the worst like not feeling heard like in any conversation like that's not just like not just for your like life message but in any conversation that you're having with any person like feeling like your point's not getting across is oh my gosh it's so stressful and you just makes you want to scream mm-hmm. and so when you're going through life and you can't speak your truth you don't or you don't even know what your truth is oh my gosh i just want to give you a hug like i just feel like i can like that's I feel beautiful. like I can feel the, the people haven't even heard this yet. And I feel like I can feel them like, oh my gosh, like what's my truth? Like, yeah. I just want to give you a hug. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that 
even if your truth feels totally out of a, feels totally off the wall mm. to what you're doing currently like if you're doing something like you're working in a factory but your truth is that you want to own a dog park like I love it. go do that like <laughs> yeah. i mean like you just have like just it's okay like even if it feels weird and it feels like impossible own it mm. and then speak it because i mean we all know that like you know speaking it speaking things into existence is how you know bring things to fruition like you know, putting it out there so being able to own your truth and then speak it i think is such a such an integral part of the healing process awesome thank you thank you thank you um so where can they find you kaylin and um please talk about your coaching as well yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually, you'll only find me on Instagram. I'm actually not great. I, I have one social media. I don't mm. like. And she needs to start a podcast because there's a lot of uh, yeah. information <laughs> that they're not going to use. Yeah, that's not oh, out there yeah, enough at the moment. Enough of it. Mm. Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram. My uh, handle on there is at K underscore goose with three E's. So mm. K underscore G O O S E E E. That's where you'll find me on Instagram. And you'll also find that in the, I, um, the post- show as well. Yep. Well, yeah, oh, I so said you also find I, it in the notes, yeah. Mm. I post um, really good uh, educational content on my main page, but if you guys want to laugh, please come watch my stories because I think I'm pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I like to, I jokingly think I'm going to start a YouTube channel where I think there's like YouTube channels where it's just like story time YouTube channels. Like they're only like 30 seconds long, but there's just people telling stories. I'm totally going to do that because I I'm really it. funny. <laughs> I love it. So, um, and then my coaching. Um, so, like I said, I I like to think that I help women like protect and heal their energy. So, just you being do. able to yeah. So I I do do nutrition and fitness coaching. Like mm. I said, I have a degree in nutrition, so I'm able to safely and legally do that. Mm. I'm a personal trainer, so I do fitness coaching as well. But I also um, I like to look at what I do is like self care coaching. Mm. So if you look at self care as kind of like this umbrella, and then everything that falls under the umbrella is what I cover with my clients. So that is mental health, that is physical health, so that is workouts, nutrition, that is mindset coaching. It's very all inclusive, and I like to look at it as like a total experience. So I, I like call it my online coaching experience, awesome. um, just because it is. It is unlike anything. I think it's an un- unparalleled approach to health coaching. It is like it's. I like I put a lot of time and energy into this, and everything that I have um, gone through on my own personal healing journey and my own fitness journey. Like I've included all of this information and all of these experiences into into this coaching, just because mm-hmm. I know that these are things that have worked for me personally, and I love it when. I have clients that have the same type of like revelations that I've had in the past because I can feel that and like I know what they're going I'm like oh my god it makes me want to cry like when my clients have like really like amazing breakthroughs with things I'm like oh my god I remember when I had that breakthrough too so um yeah that's the type of coaching that I do it's very hands-on it's very I only take on like 10 girls a month just because it is so it's very very interactive and I like to be like in your business yeah, that's cool, <laughs> so um, that allows me to do yeah. that but it is so if you don't want me to be in your business you don't probably don't want me to be in your <laughs> 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 I'm like hey what are you doing today <laughs> so. your buddies yeah that's cool Mm. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so so much, Kaylin. Like seriously, um, no, like not only the fact that you um, you ha- allowed me to get involved with you guys here in Bali, but the fact that you mm-hmm. even um, yeah accepted to do this podcast is really really awesome. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, of please. Course. Yeah, please go head along to those show notes. Okay, there's going to be the ebook in there, um, and also uh, Kaylin's Instagram there. So please go and have a look at her page. I guarantee you'll learn something. Um, so anyway, guys, thanks for. Uh, tuning into the Pocket Coach podcast. Uh, 
go uh i can't remember what i was gonna say i can't remember how i ended it i just got so like involved in this um oh man okay um Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, yeah, so um, head along to Headley Fitness, okay, H-E-D-L-E-Y Fitness on Instagram um, and HeadleyFitness.com. And also you can head along to Kieran Headley Fitness YouTube. Anyway, guys, once again, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe to this podcast. Give it a wee rating because, you know, it's definitely worth a five star or two. Um, And um, honestly, reviews are really, really appreciated with it um, and any critique as well. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. Take care. Stay blessed. Sing it